most golfers would like to be able to play where the pros have played. Sadly, we're not going to get on the PGA Tour, not with our skill set. However, you can still play where your heroes have played if you put in a bit of time and effort. This podcast encourages you to follow in the footsteps of giants. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of In the Footsteps of Giants. Now, I'd have to say we're recording this on a Monday evening and if I am being very, very honest, it's been a long, long day, especially since I spent yesterday evening watching both the conclusion of the Waste Management Open from TPC Scottsdale and then nipping down the road, figuratively speaking, and watching one of the best Super Bowl games I have seen in recent years. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Philadelphia Eagles in an absolute classic for the ages, and as long as you ignore Rihanna's miming during the halftime show, you'll come away from the event thinking that was pretty much as good as it gets. However, we're here to catch up on all things golf, and I will be shortly joined in the Scheffler Suite, by my longtime pal and co-host Des, who is currently negotiating the traffic on his way here from his coastal hideaway adjacent to the magnificent Ardlas Golf Club. So as we await his arrival, we will start by taking you out on the road and my conversation with PGA Pro Andy Peoples as he assisted me to select a new driver for the 2023 season and beyond. And that would explain tonight's title of the episode, Two Men and a difficult club selection. Okay, we're doing something a little bit different here this evening on In the Footsteps of Giants, and we've come out to the Lagan View Golf Centre and the team from Andrew Morris Golf, who I'm going to spend a little bit of time with testing drivers and trying to see if they can select something for a 63-year-old nine handicapper who has a tendency to fade the ball just a little bit to the right. So we have a master technician, a pro with Years of experience here to help me, Andy Peoples. So what are you expecting to see from an aged body on a February evening? Oh, hi, Martin. Um, thanks very much. <clears throat> Basically, we just look at everything on an individual basis, so it doesn't really matter what age you are or what height or what, you know, what size you are. It's what the golf club's doing, you know, what you're producing with the golf club and the parameters that we, you, you know, we, that we look at. It's all done through TrackMan, um, and obviously we look at ball flight and all that sort of stuff. So... <laughs> You know, you're lucky there that age doesn't really have a, a factor in it. It's what you produce. You that know, is a club. brilliant sales technique. <laughs> age doesn't have an effect. Yeah. It does feel it in my actual yeah. body that it does have a bit of an effect. But uh, I will take you very kindly. About six or eight months ago, we fitted the new irons, which yep. have been working really well. Good. And those were the Callaway Apex irons. Yep. And uh, after an extensive <clears> process. <throat> so we just thought this time that when we were having a look at the new drivers and offer, that we would actually uh, at least feedback some information to the listeners as to the value of going and getting your swing analyzed and having somebody try and fit you for something. We have a great tendency to walk through the front door and pick up the shiniest club on the block and then just buy it. And it isn't always the right thing to do. Sure, it's not. No, absolutely not. Like I say, there's so many different combinations and so many different clubs, even within one manufacturer. The perfect club is hard to find. As, as we already know. And I mean, the parameters of what we're, we're looking for as amateurs is not the same thing as you will ju- guide us through. So when you're looking at the TrackMan data, what are you looking to find? Well, it's really just trying to find an improvement upon what you have at the moment. You know? yeah. So you know, golf clubs have changed in every single year. Um, but at the end of the day, you might have a golf club which is still very, very good and it's still working really, really well for you. We're not going to know um, what we need to improve upon until we see what that club's doing for you. Okay, and there might be something there which we can improve upon. And at the end of the day, that's what we want to do is give you something which is going to be better than what you have at the moment. Yeah, because at the moment I'm playing with the Callaway Epic driver Mm -hmm. that I've had for about seven, seven and a Mm -hmm. half years. And it has worked remarkably well. 
most of the time. But like all golf clubs, it yeah. goes off from time to time. Technology moves forward. And the temptation is to come in and actually see if I can get something. I'm not even that worried about ec- extra distance. Mm-hmm. I'd like more consistency. Yeah. I'd like to stay on the fairway more often because yeah. if I'm on the fairway, I have a chance of scoring. I spend a lot of time recovering from the trees, as a lot of amateurs do. So, I mean, that is, to me, the number one reason why you go through the fitting process and you look at the dispersion and all the thing. So you, we will come back in a few minutes with what we call is some of the data that we've actually looked at. And we can say, between the various clubs, I have a natural tendency to drift towards Callaway or Ping. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right answer. No, exactly. Now, we have a lot of people that come in that, right, they've always been a ping player or they've always been a Callaway player, et cetera, et cetera. But we're going to try a range of different options for you, you know, and we will with any, any player that comes in. So the club that you walk away with might be a totally different one that you had in your brain, you know, or had in your mind to start with, but that's fine. You know, it's good to have an idea, but we're going to try a load of different combinations and look and see and find out which one's going to be best for well, your I, game. I told you that a few years ago, I went through this process on a set of irons, the previous set of irons to the one that you fitted me for uh, last summer. And I walked in with three sets of clubs in mind and left with none of them and with a completely different set. So I think the process does work. It gives Mm -hmm. you the opportunity to test things and it gives you the chance to really actually see on the TrackMan data, yes, you think you're hitting that one best, but everything there is drifting right. Mm -hmm. Whereas that one is staying straighter, Mm -hmm. but might be five, 10 yards shorter. And I know which one I would pick. Mm -hmm. If I could consistently hit it where I needed to hit it, Mm -hmm. I'd I'd happily sacrifice 10 yards. Yeah, exactly. when you look at the guys on tour and they hit the ball so far, you know, the game is becoming much, very much a distance game. It's about how far you hit the ball. But for us average players, you know, it's about consistency. It's about hitting that club a certain distance and knowing it's going to go within a zone, you know. So it's, it's certainly about knowing how far a golf club's going to go yeah. and being able to repeat that on a fairly consistent basis so that your scores are going to improve based on that. I love the fact that you compared both of us to average players. You are a lot better at this game than I am. But uh, I, I know what you mean, because we were talking about this on the podcast the other night. There are hundreds and thousands of kids now who can hit the ball 300 yards. Mm-hmm. But a career as a top-class pro golfer, there are only 150 jobs available in the States. Yeah. There are only another 150 available on the DP World Tour in mm-hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, uh, you know, you have to look at the other tours. There aren't actually that many top flight jobs available. So it's a hard thing to do. So sometimes it's about enjoying your golf. And for those of us who are amateurs who enjoy watching the game, Mm. what we want to do is just feel that we can compete on the same courses off a shorter distance Mm. than the pros and then really enjoy watching the pros play it the way they do. Yeah, exactly. And it's about getting enjoyment out of the game. And you're always going to do that from, you know, having the the right equipment and yep. being, being able to have the confidence in your equipment. So that's that's what we're here for and that's what we're going to do tonight, hopefully. Okay, well, we'll start that process now and we'll come back and have a little bit of a chat afterwards when you have some actual data. Remember to always exaggerate the length of every shot I've hit <laughs> just for the purposes of the podcast, but um, we're going to see what we can actually do. So we'll be back in a few minutes' time. Okay, since we uh, left you listeners, I have hit about 50 shots and uh, with a range of four different drivers plus my original driver. So let's let's just start Andy where we kind of well, where we kind of left off that we were about to hit my original driver which is the Callaway Epic which I've had for about 7 years. What did you see when I hit a few of those? Well, first of all, how are you feeling after the 50 drivers here? I'm a little bit jaded. Yeah. Just a little jaded. Yeah, it's a pretty good pretty good effort. It's a pretty good workout. So, um, yeah, well done. Excellent. Um, first of all, um, you know, your current setup with your Callaway Epic, you know, it's a good driver. You know, you're producing some pretty good numbers with it. Um, you know, you've had it for a good while now. You're comfortable with it. So, you know, I wasn't expecting to see a massive improvement to be honest with you even with the latest technologies and stuff like that so you know it, it was a good club and it, you've you know you've been you've been hitting it well um it's, so. it's been very faithful but it is just also as as all drivers tend to be a little recalcitrant at times where it actually decides to go means. in its own, <laughs> its own <laughs> various directions just means it's not behaving the way it's meant to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> having hit those and you got then the base data that you will actually work with to see whether or not 
you can make an improvement mm -hmm. with a different piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. So we started out then by looking at the newest uh, Callaway Paradigm, mm -hmm. which is a lovely looking driver. Mm -hmm. And we hit two versions of that, the standard and then the draw bias mm -hmm. version of that. And we decided fairly quickly that the draw bias mm -hmm. would be useful for me because I have a, a tendency for a fade. Mm -hmm. But the, the data on that was not really much better than we were getting. In fact, maybe not even quite as good as we were getting from the original Epic. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we started off with the new Paradigm, which is a fantastic driver, um, but we weren't really seeing a massive gain, and I don't think it felt that very good in your hands, you know, if, judging by your feedback that when you were hitting it. Um, but certainly the draw bias was going to be a better club for you because you get a little bit out to win with the club path, a little bit open with the face, so you do tend to hit a little bit of a left to right fade, which you lose a little bit of a distance, you know, yep. with, because of that. So the draw bias is going to help you, you know, reduce a little bit of that curvature, give you a little bit more distance, but also give you a little bit better dispersion as well. So that's where we sort of went with that uh, draw bias option. Okay. But we then went to the new ping, and the ping is the new... G430. G430. Again, you, I have a tendency to walk into the shop, as you well know, and you come in with a fixed idea. So there were two clubs I came in with kind of a fixed idea that I thought I would like, and the ping was one of them. Mm -hmm. So again, we tried two options on the ping, mm -hmm. and we ended again up with the better figures are coming off the draw bias version. Yeah, so the draw bias one on the G4 is the SFT, straight flight technology, which again, this year is a new one because it's got actually got a movable weight um, in the SFT, whereas it's always been fixed in the last few models. So yeah, that, that was starting to give you some very, very good good results, good dispersion, less curvature. You know, you're standing there with a bit of confidence now that you're going to be able to hit the fairway, which is, I think, where you wanted to sort of uh, get to. Well, this is it. Distance, I'm past the stage of thinking that I'm going to hit it a lot further. I'll have a good day where I hit a few long ones, but the reality is I need it to be in play, mm. you know, because otherwise it's just going to put too much stress in my short game. Yeah. Okay, so we, we looked at the ping and we said the ping's dispersion is better. The total yardage was not dissimilar to the Epic. Very similar. Very, um, very similar. And, but unless, if my wife's listening, it was a good eight yards longer and <laughs> every one of them was dead straight, which Sold. isn't entirely correct. But then I decided that while I was here, I would ask and we would look at the stealth. Yeah. So the new stealth uh, driver, uh, and again, we went straight to a draw bias mm -hmm. version of yeah. that. Mm -hmm. What do you think happened there? Well, I think probably to a point, you may have talked yourself out of it before you even started off with it, you know, because you, it wasn't a club you thought of. You, you hadn't hit one before and you, you probably were standing up, you know, with a slightly negative, you know, mindset. And sometimes that can work to your advantage because you say anything, I'm not going to hit this very good. I don't really want it, blah, blah, blah. But in actual fact, you know, it wasn't very good for you. It wasn't very consistent. You know, it just didn't work for you in your hands. It just didn't feel comfortable. And actually a very interesting thing, because we're doing this on a Wednesday evening in February, so we're doing it under the floodlights here at Lagan View and hitting the ball out, out there. The interesting thing is, in the darkness and with the light, when you actually look down at the red face, it kind of disappears. Mm -hmm. So actually, of the four clubs I tested, it was the one that I had the, the least amount of sort of visual appeal looking down ready to hit the ball yeah. and that may have come into it i think you're slightly right and uh, in fact you could be very right that i arrived thinking the stealth was never going to be in the equation for mm. me but you know i thought should give it a go we hit it enough times mm. of the four i would have it comfortably in fourth place mm -hmm. yeah and the, the numbers back that up as well but if it had been in the opposite case where if you'd hit it great you know and and it was uh it was going really well then you know if it was the if the only thing wrong with it was the way that it looked, you'd still buy it because you get used to the way it looks. Oh, uh, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, I mean, again, as I as I famously said, Callaway had me the last time with the word epic, <laughs> and so if you if you came in and mm. uh, and actually liked the look of it and it hit it well, you know, the marketing would would have helped. Then you brought out the surprise, mm. and uh, it's a bit like these property programs where they take you and show you three properties, and then they have a surprise property. You you pulled out the surprise, the Titleist, and it's the Titleist... TSR. Okay. Yeah. And actually, again, I had never 
thought of having it because I always view that the Titleist drivers are for better players than mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. But again, you say there's four options in this? Yeah, so there's four options in the TSR and there was in the last year's model as well. So for every player, there's going to be a combination there from TSR 1, which is going to be for the slower speed player, looking for more distance and things like that, right the way through 2, 3 and 4, you know, the 4 being the low spin option and the numbers in between. So tour players are using combinations between two, three, and four, you know, so yeah. there's going to be something in there for everybody. And, and it's a fantastic driver as well. So you, what did you think of that one? I actually was surprised. It is definitely when we get, it made it into the last two, mm -hmm. shall we mm -hmm. say. And if the winner wasn't there, mm. I'm pretty sure I'd be very happy to take it mm. and try it. I like the look of it. I think it's a great shape. It hit some very nice shots mm -hmm. and it came completely out of surprise because as I keep saying, mm. it's, and I don't know if it's Titleist's marketing because they're very good at marketing their golf balls, their golf shoes, etc., mm. etc. Et but not once had I even mm. thought about it as mm. being an option. And I think a lot of players of, of my sort of standard will always just assume the Titleist is for the better players mm. in the world and it's yeah. not really no, for them. Not at all. And no. that, that is really a surprisingly good option. But... We went and then hit the, the the two, so we hit the ping, and we hit the tight list again, mm -hmm. and we hit some decent shots with both. Yeah. We hit some slightly poorer shots with both. What do you reckon, having looked at, at the data, you would be saying, based on the information, that it would be one of those two, but we, we've erred towards the ping. Would we that have, be fair? Yeah, we have erred towards the ping there because it's just giving you a slightly better dispersion. You know, uh, the ball speed, the spin rate, the launch angle, you know, very, very similar. Um, but overall, the ping was giving you that little bit better dispersion and therefore you're going to hit more fairways with it. You know, that, that was the bottom line for you, I think. Well, I, I think that is definitely the reason I started coming to look at this process and, and actually go through it. And this is something just as we say generally to listeners is golf is not an expensive sport, but it's not an inexpensive sport. Mm. But if you buy the right kit mm -hmm. and are properly fitted for it, you'll have five, seven, yep. ten years out of the equipment. Mm -hmm. And so it is absolutely worth your while taking the time and yep. come and get properly fitted. Absolutely. You know, I did say to my wife before I came out tonight that uh, I was coming up to do an episode of the podcast. I don't think she entirely believed me. She was pretty convinced that I would also look at acquiring a new driver. And I think realistically, having been through this process, I, th I think it is the ping with the draw bias is is the one that I will uh, enter the 2023 season with. Yeah, brilliant. And I really appreciate the time and the fact, the explanation you've given us for doing this. And listeners, all I can say is, Go get fitted properly for clubs. It it is a it's actually a fun experience. You're, you're chatting away and you're learning a little bit about why things work and why they don't work. Yeah. And I'm sure you see it all the time. That and you actually said to me in the middle of this, there's a difference between a fitting mm. and a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. The fitting is trying to get the equipment right. Yeah. The lesson is to improve technique. Yeah. Yeah, we could have spent the whole night on technique, Martin. But That's a little harsh. <laughs> it's a little harsh, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you could very easily just take it down the lesson route, you know, which at the end of the day, we all need to work on our technique, but yeah. we're not going to be able to perfect the technique in, in you know, one session, but we're certainly be able to give you a club which is going to help you improve uh, and get better along the way. So that's the main thing. Andy, thank you very much indeed. Uh, we will do the negotiations off air because uh, nobody wants to hear me cry uh, when we go through this. But thank you very much indeed for Perfect. your time. Pleasure. Thanks very much, Martin. All right. Well, with the uh, miracle of technology, or as we like to phrase it here, editing, um, we're now back in the Scheffler suite this evening. Oh. And, oh yes, yes, I have been joined after he's battled his way through the traffic yes. all the way from our glass my long-standing pal and carrying guru, yeah, yeah, Des, you're back yeah. in the studio. Yes, I'm indeed. Indeed, it's good to be back, as you say, and a lot has happened from between, oh, T-gate and Tree-gate, and oh, there's so much going on. There is plenty to talk about. This is the one thing about the yes, podcast industry at the moment, is that we haven't run out of things to actually talk about. Anyway, we're, as you can understand, we're in the Scheffler suite this evening because mm -hmm. yes. Scotty won last night. But before we, before we get to, uh, to Scotty, the last couple of weeks have had a couple of very interesting things. Justin Rose mm -hmm. uh, won the AT&T at Pebble Beach 
and uh, very much just reward for loyalty and perseverance because he's had a, a yeah. rough few years, well, but he's stuck at yeah. it and he's now, he's a winner again on the PGA I, Tour. Did, did I hear 2019 was his last win? Four years, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's a bit disappointing. I, I didn't think it was that far back, but good to see him back and he played very solid. I watched a bit of the AT&T and they had real problems with weather this year and yeah. made a Monday finish yeah. and, and various things. To be honest, I didn't. I wasn't inspired with the tournament overlay, yeah, no. and and yet the tournament sponsors AT and T mm-hmm. say no. We love this format. We love yep. the fact that we bring out clients, we bring mm-hmm. out celebrities, and they're not planning to change anytime soon. I mean, Jordan Spieth played, but he was oh. probably the biggest name in the field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, I think as AT and T would say, the good side of it is the uh, the pro am. You know, and, yeah. And, and there was a couple of I know Aaron Rodgers. Hey. I know you're an NFL guy. Well, interestingly, uh, uh, from my point of view, that's the first thing he's won in a long time. He certainly hasn't won anything for your Packers any time yeah, recently. Go Green Bay Packers. But the other one was Gareth Bale, who was very impressive. Yeah. And I don't know if you did. Did you see his shot off the road? I did. I uh, saw the little bit of video on that. Uh, he's a nice little golfer. And, and John Ram had uh, a lot to say about him, you know. So oh, well, I, I think he'll, he'll enjoy himself on the celebrity circuit. Certainly Aaron Rodgers, who's about to head off to a darkness retreat for four days. He sits in the dark, he gets food put in, and for four days it enables him to really think about where he's going in life. My God. But, uh, no, the other thing is Chris Solomon, who is Solly on the No Laying Up podcast. He actually got to go and play as an amateur in the event. Uh And so there's a really good podcast listeners listening to the guys at No Laying Up talking about his experiences out there playing. And the person he got to play with for three days Mm -hmm. was Bill Murray. Oh, brilliant. He was in Bill Murray's. And he said before he went, he pretty much viewed Bill Murray's routine as old, past its sell-by date. Yes. He said, when you're out there, the patrons, the, the fans absolutely love it. Uh-huh. And he just plays up to it. And he, he doesn't seem no, to get tired of it. And he said, as he spent time with him, he thought, lovely fella, you know, spent so much time, didn't walk past a fan, didn't uh-huh, not speak uh-huh. to somebody, was really, really good. I, and so although it's maybe a little bit tired now, the, the act, the people still turn up and love seeing him. Oh, they do, but he's, he's always taking the mickey. That's what I like about him. He's always taking the mickey out of somebody, you know. Yeah. And of course, Bill Murray was, was I think, he was definitely in my top four ball. Uh, not sure if he was in yours. He wasn't in my top four ball, I, even when I, I think uh, we did the sort of entertainers yeah, four yeah. ball. But um, Oh, I had him in there with Tommy Cooper. Oh, that would be... Oh, oh, uh. I just think the two of them would come off the golf course going, oh my goodness, how did we end up with your man? <laughs> but, oh, dear, 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 but dear. But actually, difficult time for them with the weather. But they got through it, yep. and what yep. Chris Solomon was saying is that it's you don't realise until you're with an actual pro who's working with you mm-hmm. just how badly we amateurs read yeah. greens. We're oh, just really, not yeah, just we're just greens. not good no, at it. No, no. And he said his partner must have saved him ten or uh-huh. fifteen shots over the three days. Because literally on the putting green. Yes, and I mean, that's where a good caddy comes into play. And I'm not bringing this up just because I caddy, but I do, do caddy does. Did I ever tell you the time that I had a round of golf at St Andrews, Morton? And, uh, yes, in fact, pretty <laughs> we much had a caddy. Every, every listener in maybe the... I, maybe I brought this up before, did I? Every time in the 38 <laughs> countries, the listeners roll their eyes and go, but I can't believe I'd, he's going to tell the St Andrews story No, but story even again. at that, I had four birdies that day and I had a colossal <laughs> score. But the caddy, I, I mean... I'd say there were certainly three of those birdies I would not have got without the caddy. And the yeah. caddy put me on a line. I went, are you sure? And he went, yes, put it on that night, sir. Especially amateurs need a good caddy. Who knows the local course? I, I think amateurs struggle initially with a caddy because they feel very self-conscious. And you have to get past that, that yeah, bit of it because yeah. it makes a huge difference. Oh, it if, does. if you're a mid-range player, yeah. and I'm saying anything from a 5 to 15, you yeah. can seriously benefit from a caddy. Yeah. Once you're over 15 handicap, you're probably getting nervous having somebody yeah. else yeah. watch and critique your yes, game. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but it is a great experience. And once you're used to it, yeah. it it's a very yeah. enjoyable experience. Oh, it is, certainly, indeed. Okay, last week as well, before we get to uh, talking a bit more about TBC Scottsdale, Daniel Gavins won at Raz Al Khaimah, despite putting two in the water on the 18th. 
and then he holed a 30-foot putt, which he thought oh. only got him into the playoff, but got him to win the tournament by one shot. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know if you saw much I didn't about see that, no. No, no, no. I, I didn't see an awful lot from Raz Alkaima, but it does look like a difficult golf course. And this was summed up. This is an amazing statistic. Uh-huh. I love these little nuggety statistics yeah. we find. After three days at the Alhambra Golf Club in Raz Alkaima, the collective score to par on the front nine was minus 299, 299 under par. Uh, Right, okay. Okay, that was the collective score after three days. Okay. The back nine was plus two. Oh dear, okay. Isn't that insane? That is crazy. That is a serious difference. Was there wind blowing or? uh, Well, I'm assuming it must go out in some sort of, you go out for nine and come back for nine and you must, where the predominant wind comes from. And it's just, it made it so difficult. Anyway. TPC Scottsdale. I sat up last night yes. until the... Yes. When I say the wee small hours, that was because I also added the Super Bowl. Uh-huh, and, of course, uh, I and, knew you'd be up for that, yes. And so I went to bed this morning at about 10 to 4. Oh, dear. Um, so <laughs> I, let's just say I'm a little jaded. Again, it is just a great watch. And I mean, I know my wife just gasped at the 16th. I think that's the first time she's ever seen the 16th in the crowd. I mean, what is there, 17 to 18,000 people there? But again, and I remember saying this uh, this time last year when we were doing the podcast, that course has the best four finishing holes of any golf course, I think, in America. Those are four, and we've played them, Marty, and yep. we know how difficult they are. Four classic holes to finish. There are four risk and reward holes. Yeah, because... Yeah. The par 5 15th yes. is actually, even for us off the tees we play off, is a very scorable hole. Yeah. With, I mean, the last time I played there, uh, two of the three of us in our group had birdies. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I was the one that didn't. <laughs> 16 is it's, from our tees. When you don't have 20,000 uh-huh. screaming fans yelling at you and booing if you only put it within yeah. 15 feet, uh-huh. I have actually birdied it bizarrely twice. I bur- well, I birdied it. I, had, I nearly had a hole in one at it. The, 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 the second time, I ran past the hole by about two or three feet. Oh, well, fair play to you. I've, and, and I, thankfully, I got my two. Yeah, Yeah. well, I, I've had two birdies in it because I've played Scottsdale. I think it's I've played it five times now. Yeah. Then 17 is I've I've had in the times I've been there twice I've been in the water uh-huh. and twice I've been on the front edge of the green. Yeah, um, but it's a great it's a great uh, hole even for the pros. And I, 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 I thought and eighteen is a lot harder than they make oh, it look. Oh gosh, the drive over the water and then obviously trying to avoid the bunkers are fantastic. The bunker with the the ridges in it, <coughs> the, 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 the coffins, ridges. the coffins, the coffins. That's what they're called down the left hand side. Brilliant. But you know what? It's it was not a very great name. It wouldn't inspire you to go anywhere near it, would it? <laughs> no. But I was glad. To see Thigali staying out of the water at seventeen uh, this he, year, he he made sure he was. <laughs> did you see him many times? He was over to the way over to the right hand side. Yeah, but and, that 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 scar tissue right there. Oh, I tell you, if anybody can remember his uh, his shot there, he was he was in contention last year, and he just got such an unlucky bounce. Yeah, it kicked it forward to the back of the green and, and into the water. But but this year, Scotty <clears throat> Scheffler played didn't have his best stuff. His driving no, was a little bit no. off. But his iron play and yes. his clutch putting last he, night was he, sensational. He, he won it on sixteen. He, yeah, that that uh, remember he had to chip it from the the holdings. Well, yeah, after now there's quite a bit of debate about the whole process yes. of the drop, but he did everything by the book. Yeah, he yep. he got everything through the rules officials. Uh, I mean, as somebody said this morning on one of the other podcasts, they said, if you want the fans hanging over the green uh-huh. so that you have those stands built in that <laughs> arena and all the rest, don't be surprised if a ball gets close that somebody has to get a drop because the stand yes. is getting in the way of yes, of making yeah. a swing. But I mean, he, he sunk that. It must have been a 15-foot putt that he he just got it in PSYs. Yeah. If he had missed that... And Taylor had it got his, you know, that could have been a lot, a lot. Uh, so just on the side, did you see Jordan Spieth's little uh, incident where the fan caught the ball? No, I didn't oh, see that. Oh, that was a good little one. And it was actually one he had to, he, he, he hooked it a bit into the crowds, but what it landed, it bounced and landed in this guy's lap. He was lying, he was sitting down and he, he, he just picked the ball up and held it for Jordan. And then, and then he threw it to the front of him. So there was a big, I mean, Jordan Spieth made sure he was right there, that, that he got the, the referees over and, and he got a strap and he, he actually made a fantastic uh, recovery and, and I got a par out of it. But, but that, it was very interesting. What is the rule on that? They were saying that the chap that caught the ball 
So just hold the ball where it is, where he where don't it's landed. Move. Don't move on his yeah, lap. The vast, that's majority, where... the vast majority of the people at Scottsdale don't have the first clue about the rules of golf. <laughs> no, that not at all. That isn't why they turned no, up. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> but, uh, oh, interesting. No, it, it was, it, because you we have played it and it's in the footsteps of Giants, it just makes it so much more watchable. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. There, These are the tournaments I look forward to each year. Yep. The ones where we've actually been on the golf course because it is just a completely different perspective. Yep, yep. Now, the runner-up, Nick Taylor, uh, he entered the week as world number 233. Yes. That's his ranking. And he left Scottsdale with $2.18 million, yes. which is almost three times his 2022 season earnings. <laughs> he's a happy Canadian. So he's a happy Canadian. And, uh, he's well, wasn't that, I mean, $3.6 million for, for, for Scotty, and that's the highest PGA yeah. paycheck. But you see, these date. are the new elevated events. Of course. And I mean, this is obviously where Liv has, has injected something to the PGA. We may well come back to them, Des. Oh, it's not like oh, us. Okay, okay. It not, now, John Ram. <laughs> Faded again. Yes, yes. Yes, that's a that's only got third place this week. He's really dropping off the pace. <laughs> yes. A little yes, bit. I think yes. his last two outings have been seventh <laughs> and third. But that was his opportunity to to, to pop Rory up at, at number one. Yeah, he stays third in the OWGR standings uh-huh. uh, with Scott uh, with Scotty going to number one and Rory dropping back to number, number two. two. Here's the other thing, and this is where the elevated events, this is where the whole process is actually playing out the way it's meant to. Uh-huh. The event boasted a stellar leaderboard with Justin Thomas, Jason Day, Sanjay M, Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns, and Tyrrell Hatton, all in the top nine. Yes, yes. Those were the top nine. Uh-huh. So if you take the only one outside that you would say is outside of the superstar category, or uh-huh. more or less superstar category, was the runner-up, uh, Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, tied for 10th were the following four. Mm-hmm. Xander Schofley. Ricky Fowler. Yes. Good to see good him to see back. Ricky back yep. indeed. Adam Hadwin and Wyndham Clark. Mm-hmm. And a tied 10th earned them 485 yes, grand. Yes, yes. And, and Seamus Parr was in the top 10. He, he got a lovely paycheck there. He, he wasn't in the top 10. Sorry, he would have been next category was top 14, top tied 10, 14. Sorry, sorry. Um, sorry I'm think, forgetting he's in the top 10 in the FedEx rankings now. He is. He's, he's number up to seven. I guess, was it worse? He may be after last night. I thought up until then he was maybe in around fourth or fifth. But over 700,000 people attended Scottsdale. (laughs) It's the biggest ever. 700,000. That's like like the live company. Oh, no, it's not. not, not. (laughs) Which is a new record. Oh, very And they set another new record in that they had over 200,000 people on Saturday alone. Alone, yeah, yeah. Now, last year, the Open at St. Andrews, Set a record for total attendance yep. at two hundred and forty thousand for the week. That's isn't that and they were over two hundred thousand on Saturday. Yep, yep. Now I don't know how many of those were able to walk home, <laughs> but I don't think it was a big proportion. <laughs> but I mean, even to have sort of up to twenty thousand people on one hole, you know, what what would Greg Norman give for that <laughs> for a tournament? <laughs> Never mind one hole. <laughs> well, that's quite interesting that you drifted there. Yeah, no, well. Because Greg Norman claims that live golf is louder and better than the PGA <laughs> Tour. And yet he made this statement in the last couple of days. Okay. The Waste Management Open is way too loud for a professional <laughs> golf tournament. <laughs> I heard that. Yes, I read that. Oh, dear. And Kyle Porter responded to that. He said the Phoenix Open, which I'm presuming he means to say the Waste Management Open, uh-huh. but is actually the event Liv thinks its league is putting on. So uh-huh. I think Liv believes that their events look like the Waste Management, <laughs> that they're racked out, it's party time, oh, it's everybody's dear, having a good dear. time. And no, no. I am going to go back to this for a little bit because although... Scottsdale has captured the fans. Yep. There's no question of that. It's hardly an example of fan etiquette around the place. No. <laughs> I, I get the 16th as being the cauldron and everybody yes. having a good time and it's party central. Uh, but right around the course, some of the yells that were coming yes. out. Now, I'm hoping yes. it was partly the TV delay and the sound. I thought once or twice people were yelling in the middle of people's backswings and, and stuff I, like that. I presume you saw the streaker. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dancing on the pole. Now, you don't get that at St. Andrews or <laughs> Christie, you know. Well, for a lot of reasons. You and know, then I'm diving into the water to the, avoid the... the budgie the, smugglers, the, then he runs down <laughs> 17, he does the big... But, I mean, those are, and I mean, they're great for podcasts because those are the great talking points. One or two of the other talking points, did you see Ricky Fowler's hole-in-one? I did. Is that, that's... That it was great. That was lovely to see. Did you see Max? Uh, did you see him throwing his club? I did after uh, a poor bunker shot. Yes, and uh, he's he, human. Nobody. He, he then went on to Twitter and said, "Can't look less cool." <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's actually true. Yeah. But I mean, again, the person who I've grown to really quite like. I, he's turned me <laughs> Absolutely, right. Yes, no, no, yes. no. I'm not talking Max here. Oh no, the I other like person Max. who's. T- oh no, I do like Max. Uh-huh, I'm sorry, okay, okay. but the other person who's turned me right round to liking him is Tyrrell Hatton. Okay, yes, There's yes. something about Tyrrell Hatton, the fact that he is so disgusted with nearly every golf yeah. shot he hits, <laughs> and some of them are magnificent. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, Tyrrell, Tyrrell's very original, yep, yep. If you think back to when we visited Scottsdale, Scottsdale is just a great course for fans. There's plenty yep. of space yes. around it. The way it sets up, mm-hmm. it actually, they can fit the fans in. It never yep. looked insanely overcrowded. No, no. No. There's plenty of room to go. As you say, 700,000 people there over the four days. That's know? insane. The other great thing about it, the, the climate is just beautiful, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's so Although lovely. did you see they had a delay? Um, they had a frost delay. Oh, I didn't on, on, I think it was the Saturday they started late because there was okay. a bit of a frost delay, and I'm going, what? Mm, in Arizona. That, that's, yeah. That's that strange. Okay. The really big news from the week. Yes. The news. You know what's coming, don't you? Does it begin with T? It certainly does. <laughs> the biggest news of the week relates to the fact that Tiger Tigers. will play competitively for the first time in 2023 next week at the Genesis. Yes, yes. Now, I don't know if you've seen on, on Twitter and, and various things the, the way the players responded to this. Yes. They were told in their press conferences. Uh-huh. They grinned from ear to ear. Did you not hear what Max Hummel said? Yes. <laughs> on you go. <laughs> Max Hummel said they would... Carry Woods down the hill to the first hole and then carry him back up to the 18th if need be. <laughs> and nobody would mind. No. Everybody went, it's absolutely awesome. Jason Day, John Ram, and Tom Kim were all asked. Yes. Yes. And, and they all stopped and went, what? Uh-huh. He's declared. He's playing. Yeah. That's <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. You know, and they grinned from ear to ear. And Jason Day in particular looked like it uh-huh. was Christmas. That's right. And he'd be that's given right. a really nice present. I think they all probably realise that the that Tiger has got them a lot of money in the last few years, you know, with the money that Tiger has brought into the game, you know. Oh, well, I think everybody knows that now. Yeah. And mm. uh, his impact now is every time he plays, yeah. it is big news. But here's another little interesting bit from it, because Dylan mm-hmm. Dethier, uh, who I follow, uh, he commented, Tiger Woods announced on Greg Norman's birthday during golf's biggest party, that he's playing the Genesis the week before Liv's season opener, (laughs) and on the course where he made his tour debut, and the location where his career nearly ended. Yes, yes. I mean, that's two years ago we had that accident. No. And that's, whoa. Tiger is the the host of the Genesis. Yes, yeah. Okay, so there's there's a major reason why Tiger is there, why he maybe is going to play, etc., etc. Do you think it gave him any pleasure to announce just ahead of the live season starting? Are you are you implying, Martin? I don't know. I don't know. Of course, I did. <laughs> I think it's a tremendous announcement. I, I think there's a few things in it, as you do say. It's his foundation that that will run that at Riviera. But there, there, I'm sure even a few of the golfers maybe knew that he's. Especially Rory, I'm thinking. You know, oh, I'm he, thinking Rory or JT. Yes, who knew he well was know. going to come back at yeah. some stage? And I would have said some of them would have said it would be a great announcement to make at this stage, Tiger. Pro golf stuff reported, and I think this is a, another interesting spin because the Genesis is going to be a huge, uh, huge viewing figures. B, you know, it's a it's a major event. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's one of the elevated events as well. Yeah. So it's right. it's another twenty million dollar <clears throat> yep. purse. Pro Golf Stuff reported that a low-live golf reported close to zero revenue last year. Mm-hmm. Greg Norman has a plan. Yeah. Greg stated, We anticipate the vast majority of our revenue to come from merchandise in 2023. <laughs> the brand is catching on, 
every kid and their mother will want to live golf shirt. Oh, Greg, in your dreams. Now, Monday Q Info clarified. <coughs> Last year, Live Golf spent $794 million. Right. At $25 per t-shirt, they only need to sell yes. 31,760,000 t-shirts. <laughs> no, I didn't even want to say, even if you sell a t-shirt at $25, that's uh, not all profit. Uh, no, no, no. Might be revenue, but it's yes, not profit yes, because you're yes. presumably going to have to pay for the t-shirts. But uh, forgetting all of that, their viewership, their attendance, 31, that means everybody who attends a live event has to go home with about 25 or 30, 30 shirts. shirts. Just for them to break even then for the first year. And of course, that's only the declared expenditure, uh, Martin. I would think that that figure of, what was it, 784 million or whatever. $794 million. <clears throat> that's what we that's, can identify. Yes, I think that's very conservative. And I may well come back to this a little bit later because there's some more stuff about the, the court cases have started yes. in, in yes. a way and there's some manoeuvring going on. Mm-hmm. The least subtle thing I find after I, I saw that $794 million spend, Dorset Golf Guy asked, have the Saudis invested as much into live as they did into 9-11 yet? Oh, dear, dear, dear. <laughs> and you just go... You don't want to go there. I'm glad you've pinpointed that to somebody else saying that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But there's no doubt that this isn't going away. No. Here's a question. Where, uh-huh. where is their first event? Off the top of your head, um, where is their first event? I'm going to say Mexico, but I'm not going to give you the course. I, oh, well, I is think it, you're right. It's, it's um, somewhere in Mexico. Mayacoba. Mayacoba. That's it. That's my, it. My yes. Cuba. I, yet again, your Spanish is fluent. <laughs> but I think, yes, you're right. They start in Mayacoba. Yep. But here's something that Sean Zach posted. Imagine it's 2021. Turn back the clock to 2021. Mm-hmm. And you look into your crystal ball. Mm-hmm. The Waste Management Phoenix Open has a $20 million purse. Ram and Rory battle for world number one, and 18 of the top 20 players are in the field. Yep. Cool. This final paragraph. Sergio Garcia, Brooks Kepka, and Louis Oosthuizen wake up in Oman to compete on the Asian tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, I thought, was, was quite interesting. Now, two years after winning his second Waste Management Open... Brooks Kepka then missed the cut in the Asian Tours International Series in Oman. So yes. he didn't even make the cut. Yes. And that, that's because that's an Asian Tour event. It's a four-day event. Mm-hmm. So Brooks Kepka has gone to Oman and doesn't make the cut. Yeah. But Kevin Van Valkenburg, who has just joined the No Laying Up podcast team, okay. he has actually put something out. And I think we're going to see on the full swing the, net, the new Netflix yes. series. There's a whole episode that covers a lot about Brooks Kepka, uh-huh. And there's a lot of people are saying, maybe, maybe Brooks knew he was done. Maybe that's why. Physically. Physically yeah. that he really yeah. is. Yeah. Because Kevin Van Valkenburg, uh, he's written, if Brooks knew deep down he was washed, which seems to be the case from the snippets of full swing that have trickled out. Oh. And he hid it just long enough to ensure he and his wee brother got paid. That's right, yes. Respect. Yes. So maybe, maybe he did. And Antifaldo came through after that and said, given the number of guys who joined Live because they were A, on the verge of bankruptcy, mm-hmm. or B, close to being injury retired in the supposed prime of their careers, yes. the Cam Smith thing remains ever baffling. Cam yes, Smith yes, is the only yes. one that you go to. No, I, I think Dustin Johnson is just, I think Dustin Johnson just doesn't care enough no, about no, anything. No, no, who's He's a, got who, his two Dustin, majors. who's just, I think, dropped out of the top 50. He's out of the top 50. And Brooks out of the top 100. Bryson's out of the top 100. Sorry, Bryson's out of the top 100. I think Brooks is well out of the, yeah, the top yeah. 100. But, but on the side of that, I mean, and it wasn't really mentioned, I don't know why, but at the Saudi competition, Saudi Invitational. Saudi Invitational, uh, where Brooks, Cameron Smith and Phil did not even make the cut. I know, and that's a cut event as well, because it's well, on the Asian tour. It's yeah, not a live, yeah. although it's still paid for by the Public Investment Fund yeah, of Saudi I mean, Arabia. It sort of was kept very quiet. You know, I thought a little bit more on that. but Somebody pointed out Brooks sold his business at the top of his market. Okay, yeah. At, you know, he sold mm. his business. Yes. He doesn't own that business anymore. Yeah. And yes, he's had, I think he's won a live event. 
Mm. He's done. He's done something. But the reality is, Brooks is not playing good golf and hasn't no, played good golf no, for quite some time. Nor Phil. Phil's probably playing Phil's the worst golf of his life. Have you seen the, the photos of Phil? Phil is down yes. to his college I, weight. He's, he's lost a lot of weight. Yeah, that's a lot of people were commenting on. Um, Didn't help him make a cut, though. No, no, no. Well, the other little interesting thing. Oh, oh yes, Phil. <laughs> and I think he, we can refer. Lead us there, Dennis. Yes, lead us we can there. refer back to, I think it was Alan Shipnick <laughs> on one of the other podcasts. Um, I think it was the No Line Up podcast. He said that Phil is reportedly nervous about the release of Billy Walters' book. Now, that's Billy Walters' relationship with Lefty, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be released. Actually, we were hoping it was going to be released at the start of the year, but it's, it's 15th of August. Now, People that don't know Billy Walters, he was actually, uh, I think he was a, a, a famed sports writer, uh, but he went to prison in 2017 re insider trading. But he's a renowned gambler as oh, well. Oh yeah, of course he was. And Phil, was, Phil was caught up in it and, yeah. and it was ordered to repay about a million bucks, you know, which he did and he avoided jail himself on that. But he allegedly. Allegedly he didn't, <laughs> but he didn't help Billy Walters out on the court case. He didn't and He didn't testify for no, Billy Walters, no. which is one of the things that... Uh-huh. We asked Alan Shipnock about that when he was on the podcast. Yes, yes. I think, if listeners, if you haven't heard it, it's an episode called uh, Two Men and a Biographer Named Alan. Yes. And one of our most listened to episodes of all uh-huh, time, in uh-huh. fact, might even be on most listened yes. to. But he, he said, yes... The Billy Walters book that may not be as even-handed or as balanced as Alan Shipnock yes. attempted to write his book. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, Billy Walters was released in 2020 when Trump commuted his sentence, which is even a, another interesting little yeah. slide on it. But it, Phil is, I think, quite worried about this book coming out in, in the summer. Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised because Phil's reputation last year took such a beating. Yeah. And if more revelations come out... And Phil's golf form, he hasn't even got the golf form to back no, anything no, up anymore. No, no. I, I mean, he's had one golf outing in 2023, and that was a Saturday, and he didn't make the cut. Yeah. <laughs> That's Phil's game where it is. I, I still think his, his game plan is to take Greg's job. We've talked about this uh-huh, before. Uh-huh. I don't, Although, I don't think he will, because as I said before, and you disagreed yes, with me, Des, yeah. and I actually, funnily enough, I heard it on another podcast about a week later, right? Um, where somebody else said, do you know what? This may not last the year. No, no. If this if this tanks, this fourteen event series, if it if it starts to tank, if there's no yeah, coverage, if yeah, the CW yeah. doesn't make the big yes. difference, you know, this the, could be over by the end of the year. And I'm going. I know. <laughs> I said that, and my mate but has exactly, disagreed with me. He, ironically, he was promoted. He's now directly under Mister Alderman You know, okay. Well, that's because they're now moving people around yes, because yes, they're yes. the whole court case. Is, is getting a little bit awkward. Uh-huh, that is, of course. And we'll come back to that maybe yeah. in, in, a, in a little second or so. But when you talk about the world rankings, in 2013, here were the top 10 world rankings at this time. Number one, Rory McIlroy. Two, Tiger Woods. Three, Luke Donald. Four, Justin Rose. Five, Louis Oosthuizen. Six, Brant Snedeker. Seven, Alan Scott. Eight, Lee Westwood. Nine, Bubba Watson. Ten, Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. It's 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Now, this is before last night. This came out, so we can swap Uh this round, actually, because it'll probably work. So, after last night, Scheffler won, McElroy two, but McElroy was one. Yes, yes, yes. You know, Uh Ram three, Smith four, and that's him starting his slow decline. It it will start now to to increase Cameron Smith four. Patrick Cantley five, Xander Schofley six, Colin Morikawa seven, Will Zalatoris eight, Justin Thomas nine, Matt Fitzpatrick ten. Yeah. So all of those guys, there's so many of them are now definitely, they're never coming back into no, the top no, echelons. No, no, they can't. And I mean, this, the uh, world ranking points, I mean, it's it doesn't sound as if it's going to be settled anytime soon, if even this year. So, I mean, they are really all going to fall outside the top 200. Just going back when we're talking about tweets, uh, I've just come across uh, Tweeter Alice. Oh, about Tweeter Alice. Uh, talking about the Waste Management Open. He says, one of my favourite events in the golf calendar, the Waste Management Open, where the United States membership of Mensa gather in Phoenix and gorge on hot dogs and beer for an entire weekend. <laughs> so that's my sort of tournament. <laughs> I thought you would quite like that. But yes, anyway, sorry, yes. I just saw that on, on my way past. Yeah. Back to uh, Phil for a second. The, Billy Walters on Shipnock is saying... Walters is about to break his silence about the long and complicated relationship with the Hall of Fame professional golfer Phil Mickelson. Yes. That 
Yes. That does not bode well I, for I, Phil. I, I don't think we'll hear much more about this until about maybe June, July, and then there'll be some little leaks coming out here yeah. and there to promote the book, you know. So. Well, I do I do think when the court cases are starting, and uh-huh. I, I think it is very, very interesting that live golf attorneys have revealed that the league generated virtually zero revenue. Yes. Now, this yes. is no surprise to us. But what they're claiming in the court case is that the tour, in other words, the PGA tour, has damaged Liv's brand, driven up its costs by hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> and driven down revenues to virtually zero. Oh, shucks. So it's somebody else's fault. <laughs> of course, of course it you is. You know, it is absolutely somebody yeah. else's fault. And I just I'm reading a wee article there too about Phil, when we're talking about Phil, he, he's quite confident that the live golfers will will win the dp world court case which i think is coming up very shortly which it's live is it's it still live, is it it's live last yeah. week the, ah, the court of arbitration I thought, I thought i heard lee westwood and coming over to the there are various things i don't know you know if you go back to basic contract law and you have a set of rules and yeah, you've broken yeah. those set of rules why why do you claim they didn't apply to you yeah yeah i i, I can't get that but in court live is arguing that is this, is this on the dp world court case I think this might be DP World, but it might also be for the, well, the PGA. Um, the PGA. Yep. Liv is arguing that Peter Uline mm-hmm. has nowhere to play while admitting they've denied him somewhere to play because <laughs> they've cut Peter Uline yeah. from the top 48. Yes, yes. If they're really concerned about his opportunities, why don't they just give him another contract? Now, that was a, a quote from Ben Coley. Mm-hmm. But here's the piece, the information from the actual the court case. The prejudice to plaintiffs Jones and Uline from delay is clear. They risk being unable to earn a living in their chosen profession during the prime of their careers. Now, oh, Peter Uline's is a good career, age. Yeah. Yeah. The motion stated, now, Mr. Jones and Mr. Uline have no secure ability to pursue their profession in 2024. Some player plaintiffs are not under contract with Live Past 2023. Oh. and are banned from the PGA Tour, yes. the European Tour, and other tours around the world. Player plaintiffs are denied playing opportunities they had earned and need resolution on the enforceability of the tour's regulations, suspensions, and conduct. <laughs> Basically what they're saying is, we took them, they signed with us, mm-hmm. we've cancelled their contracts, yeah. but you're at fault for exactly. not keeping giving them a place to play. <laughs> what sort of argument is that? You know, That is absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. I, I, re- I really don't know what's going on. And does anybody have any sympathy for them? I can't see how any judge could have sympathy with them. You know, and I'm sure that well, the, the attorneys are going to bring out some... The American judge is certainly not going in their general direction. No. We've already seen that from yep. last summer's yep. first uh, adjudication and going forward. I think they, they rest in... A lot of their hopes are that the DP World Tour won't be yep. able to follow yep. through. Although, after the Court of Arbitration started last week, Tweeter Alice... Uh, sent out some breaking news. Live golfers report an early win in arbitration talks with Euro Tour officials as the officials promise to wish breakaway rebels a happy birthday going forward. <laughs> and that's all off the back of I mean, the I think on the DP world, I, I think the, the live golfers are going to be playing all of this year because even, and I think we brought this up previously, even if they don't win the case, uh, that's ongoing at the moment in, in, in that uh, it's not even on a court, but it's a. But they, they will appeal it, you know. Uh, so it's they're going to they're going to get this year uh, playing DP World. Yeah, but Ryder Cup is another issue as well, and that's still in the mix mm-hmm. now. Nick Faldo came out very strongly about the Ryder Cup recently. He's okay. he came out and stated they shouldn't be there because they've gone off, mm-hmm. and you've got to move on. They're done. It's a rival tour. Mm-hmm. If you work for a company for twenty years and you then leave to go to a rival company, I can promise you your picture won't still be on the wall. Yeah, yeah, You've moved yeah. on, fine, but off you go. Yes, yes. He doesn't believe they should be playing on the on the DP World Tour either. I mean, there's none of the European, the European live golfers, I'll put it that way, are, are, are going to automatically get into the Ryder Cup. Oh, no, they won't. They then. would have to be how, captain's how are they picks. Going to? And how is Luke Donald going to He's pick? not. Pick Luke Donald, Holder, absolutely Westwood, Garcia. He's not going to pick none of know. them. So I mean, I think the Ryder Cup's a, is a done deal. That's, oh, it, it's it's over. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's, that's, uh, again, yeah. although they say they don't care anymore, they do. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, because for some of them, I mean, Poulter, he's had a very good career. Don't get me wrong. 
Uh-huh. But he's never won a major. He's never won no. a, a, a huge, huge event. No, he's never. He, he He's made his reputation from the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup yep. is what's kept him in, in the public eye. Yeah. But, and um, even Westwood. Westwood hasn't won a major, you know. But then, I mean, again, the International Series in Oman. Remember, these are the guys who wanted to leave to play less golf. And because of the OWGR situation, here's who teed it up in the Oman International Series, part uh-huh. of the Asian Tour. Uh, Joachim Neiman, Carlos Ortiz, uh, Eugenie Shakaro, Brooks Kepka, Sergio Garcia, Charles Schwarzel, Louis Oosthuizen, Graham McDowell, James Piot. Laurie Cantor, Mito Pereira, which indicates yeah. very clearly yes, he, he's, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although I, I haven't have seen an official It hasn't been confirmed, no, no. Jason Kokrak, Matt Jones, Hudson Swafford, Peter Uline, and Brandon Grace. Yeah, yeah. So Peter Uline does have a place to play. Yeah. It's the, it's the Asian tour. <laughs> it is, of course, But yeah. you're going to have to make the, make the cut. But there you've got Brooks Kepka, no, four-time no. major winner. Yes, yes. Within the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And... You know, you're now trying to... I think this Netflix documentary is going to tell us a lot. It'll not tell us as much as we want to know, no. but it's going to tell us quite a lot. They've got to make it very interesting, and I think it will be very interesting. Um, and there's going to be some stories out of it that uh, I'm sure we'll bring to the podcast. But, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> well, we, we will, listeners, be coming back with a bit of a review of the Netflix uh, documentary. So all eight episodes drop this week on the 15th, and... I suspect that myself, Des, and young Mike will be fairly avidly trying to get through them. I know you've got a slight issue with being away on holiday, supposedly, yes, this week. But, um, uh, but you're going to have to... Oh, uh, I'll be. Yeah, don't worry. I'll, you're going to have I'll, to try I'll and find it somewhere. I'll see it somewhere. Don't um, worry. But the, the insight we're going to gain, I think, as to how it all works, is it'll give us a different perspective on the, on professional golfers. I think it will, certainly. And I've been reading a few uh, articles about people who have already seen it. And I mean, they they do concentrate on a few individual golfers, and I think each episode is geared yes. around about two, yeah, two golfers. Right. But they also said that there was a few sparkling little items. I think is what one of them described them as. So it's going to be worth a watch, definitely. Yep. Have you seen the Bubba Watson stuff where he's starting to say <laughs> everybody recognizes the branding, everybody sees this? Yeah, I have. I think I have cracked, totally cracked, what their real revenue generating opportunity is. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen this. This is for one of the teams. The Smash Family Experience. The Smash Family Experience. For 100,000 of your dollars. Uh-huh. That's what they're asking. Yeah. 100,000 of your dollars. Here's what you get. It includes a meet and greet and photo opportunity with the pros from Smash Golf Club. Uh-huh. Smash GC. You tee it up for 18 holes in Thursday's Pro-Am with the members of Smash GC for three people. So you okay. get three people to play in the Pro-Am. Yes. You join the members of Smash GC for a family dinner. <laughs> Would that be just potatoes? <laughs> you get a private putting lesson with Smash GC coach. Uh-huh. Uh, you get an item signed by Smash uh, GC Pro. In other words, whoever. I, I don't know. <laughs> I must check who, the, who Smash yeah, are. Yeah. And okay, you get there'll a, probably be robots. A team smash gift bag. Oh, that's only a hundred thousand. A hundred thousand bucks. <laughs> no, I, I, I really, you know, should if, we, should we maybe chip together? Maybe just get see if we get the three of us uh, going. You, may, you, you, me, and Young Mike. Young Mike, yeah, I think Mike could go for it. Should look, you, you, I chip put, in the, you, you put I, us in there. I chip, we'll, in the, we'll, I chip in the money, and you'll come along. <laughs> we'll with come me. along, of course. <laughs> but a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Who, who, which ones are Smash? I don't know. <laughs> I because Sergio's the Fireballs. Right. Four Aces is Dustin Johnson. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't Bubba know. Bubba has become no. the Goats. That's right. Something uh, range goats. Yeah. You saw how he described I, I what goats saw, I, I, golfers so on sad. a team. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Oh, no, to be fair, I will be fair. Bubba's little video made me laugh. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say day. in a supportive way, but it did no, at least make yeah, me laugh. Yeah. But actually, I'm going that Smash family experience. And view, listeners, check out for yourselves who's on the Smash yeah. uh, family. Because uh, you may uh, want to take the opportunity. A, yes, we've got 100,000. 100,000. Off you yeah. go. Okay. Again, 
it's very hard not to drift into talking about that because no. it just becomes so ridiculous. So let's drift a couple of other little stories that are nothing mm-hmm. to do, yeah. just fun stories. Yeah, well, I actually had a, came across a very interesting one there about, it was just headline, golf may be better than Nordic walking for old people. Now, do you know what Nordic walking is, Martin? Well, I have a fair idea what yes, Nordic walking is. I think most people is. would, yeah. Is that not even walking with, like, snowshoes and well, stuff? Well, le- I'll, I'll let you know. Playing golf may be just as good or better than Nordic walking for older people, a small study suggests. Nordic walking involves using a specific technique which uses the power of the upper body and walking poles to provide a more vigorous workout than just walking. But a new study published online in the journal uh, BM Open Sport and Exercise found that rounds of golf may be more likely to provide health benefits. Researchers from the University of uh, Eastern Finland analysed data for 16 men and 9 women who were golfers, healthy and aged 65 and over. We're closing in on that, Des. Yes, we are. (laughs) We are, of course. Uh, The team looked at three aerobic exercises, an 18-hole round of golf, a six-kilometre Nordic walking and a six-kilometre regular walk and measured the effects on blood pressure, uh, blood glucose and and blood lipids, uh, such as cholesterol. To do this, they took blood samples, blood glucose, uh, finger prick tests and measured blood pressure. While people in the study also wore fitness measuring devices to record things such as distance, uh, duration and pace. Those people taking part also wore an ECG sensor with uh, a, a chest strap to measure their heart rate. The results showed that all three types of aerobic exercises improved cardiovascular health in older adults, including by lowering blood pressure. However, the study suggested it was golf that seemed to have the biggest effect on blood fats. The, the, the researchers said, despite the lower exercise in, uh, in the intensity of golf, uh, the longer duration and higher energy expenditure appeared to have a more positive effect on lipid profile and uh, glucose uh, metabolism compared with Nordic walking and walking itself. Uh, they go on to say these age-appropriate aerobic exercises can be recommended to a healthy older adults as a form of health-enhancing physical activity to prevent cardiovascular diseases. So it was not a nice little thought. Well, it's nice to know that there's a justification that we can give to our wives for wanting yes. to go to the golf course. Yes. But actually it doesn't really surprise me because your average round of golf is four hours. Uh, uh, yeah. Your at average six-kilometre yeah. walk or whatever is is uh-huh. an hour to an hour and 20 minutes. Yes, yes. It, it'll be something in, in that sort of duration. So again, plus you're then using and other muscle groups as yeah. you go around the golf course. So I, I can, it doesn't surprise me hugely, but it is good to use it as a, as an excuse now. Anytime I want to go uh, play golf, well, I'm only doing it for health reasons. That's it. And when when my wife keeps shouting at me, get out, get some Nordic walk in there, I'm going to go, hold on, darling. No, I'm going to do a wee game of golf because <laughs> yes. it will be much better for much my healthier. metabolism, yes. much better for my fats, etc., etc. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's 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 good. Okay, well, there are risks though of going to the golf course. Uh, and Nordic walking, I would have thought. <laughs> oh, but there's bigger risk going to the golf course. Uh, Lee County Sheriff's Office deputies recently responded to the Del Tura Golf Course in the North Fort Myers uh, district after an emergency plane landing. The pilot was the only occupant on board and was uninjured. The plane was moved off the course and no golfers were forced to take a mulligan. <laughs> Apparently the golfers had to roll it off a green where it had come to rest before they could putt. Oh dear, and, could you imagine there the it is. mess? There's the thing is, the, oh. plane, the plane has landed on the golf course. No, apparently almost no mess at all. Well, of course, you can, you can top down the, the tread marks now from the tires, can't you? Uh, when, well, plane, when planes I, land on I, greens. I, I would think so. <laughs> um, now, by the way, um, the one thing we didn't mention on the way past was the Kenya Ladies Open, which recently happened. And I have a photograph here that I'm going to show, which is... Um, if you go to Kenya and play golf, how fantastic oh, does that look? And yes. there's a great picture of one of the, the girls walking down, looking at several giraffes just in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> fairway. What a fantastic. Yes. And then I came across another little story. Three women go on a Las Vegas golf trip, and each one of them has a hole-in-one on this on the trip. Get away. Three ladies away playing golf together, and each one of them oh. had a hole-in-one on the trip. Now, I'm wondering... 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to tell the husbands when we get yeah. home? <laughs> yes. No, no, don't. Let's leave it there. Leave it there. But uh, <laughs> what good? happens in Vegas yes, stays in yes, Vegas. Yes. But uh, that, that was... Well, that's nearly as good as Kim Jong-un having his seven hole-in-ones in one round. Uh, unbelievable. He's his, mastered ca- the game. his caddy testified he, as well. He's, he's, he must have had them. He's mastered the game. <laughs> Final thing, Des, is Lou Stagner... Uh, gave us our thought for the week. Okay. Okay. Enjoy every single swing like it's your last one. Someday it will be. We don't always know when the last one is coming. Yeah. Is he talking about golf? Or? I'm presuming he is, actually. <laughs> so I, I think one of the things I was just going to say, listeners, is we're getting into the start of the golf season. We're very, very close now. Yes. I've been fitted for the new club. You could almost argue that I was fitted up for the new club. Yeah, <laughs> it yes. all depends which way. I'm excited now to get, to realistically start to prep for playing. Start in March really is when I'll start to play properly. Sorry, that's when I'll start to play regularly, whether I play yeah. properly yes, or not. Yes, this is a completely yes. different thing. And for us, it'll run through till about October, November, mm-hmm. and, and then there are a couple of months off. But it's the start of the season. There's always optimism in the air, Des. Course, Are you feeling optimistic? I, yes, I am, actually. Now, in my last few rounds of golf, I've been quite steady. I don't know what it is. I mean, Martin, you know I get out two or three times a week, uh, every way, week. Way, way more than I Yes, do. yes. Yeah. And I'm actually be, be beginning to feel a wee bit confident, which I haven't had for about five years. I would be very happy to play with a confident Des yes. because... Actually, one of the things I've said, and Des and I have been competing with each other for well over 40 years on a golf course, Uh and one of the things, we both love beating the other one, but we like it to be a tight game. Uh It's so much more enjoyable when you win. You (laughs) don't want the other person to be awful, and you passed through a phase there where your driving was so inconsistent that Mm -hmm. you could be out of a lot of holes after the first okay. shot. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. But no, I'm delighted if you're coming back. I would rather be playing. <laughs> well, let's 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 Wait. just see how the the season uh, comes apart. You know, no doubt it will come apart. But I'm enjoying it at the moment. That's the do you know thing. what? And then once you get out caddying again, it'll not be too long before you're out in a few more caddies corner stories yes, for the listeners. Of course. But I think all we have to say now is this week. Look forward to. Tiger's coming back. Hey. Look forward to the Netflix documentary, yes. which drops on Wednesday, all eight episodes. And uh, by the next time we do a, an episode, we'll be doing a bit of a review on the Netflix documentary. And until then, my name is Martin. My name's Des. And uh, hopefully young Mike will uh, reappear in the not-too-distant future as well. But until then, have a great golfing week. Look forward to seeing Tiger. And uh, Netflix, make it as good as we all hope it's going to be. If you've enjoyed this episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, please hit the subscribe button from wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you'd like to leave us a good review, that would be most helpful as well. And if you'd like to interact with the podcast, please use our Twitter feed, which is at itfog underslash podcast, and we'll happily deal with any queries or suggestions that you might uh, like to give us for future episodes. <laughs>